0: Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedet, founder and CEO of Dedian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life stick around until the end of the show, where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Dedian, and today we have David Perret. He is the CEO of Military to Millionaire, as well as being a Marine Corps vet and a real estate investor and coach. David, how are you doing?
1: Doing good, brother. How are you?
0: I am blessed. Thank you very much for being on the show. Really looking forward to kind of tapping into your knowledge, your expertise, and more than anything, I'm really interested to to tap into being that Impl- not employee, but being like like vet or not vet, sorry, being that military mindset and then shifting it towards how to be an entrepreneur, how to realize that wealth uh, creation is great through real estate. But before diving into all that fun stuff, I just give a short introduction of who you are, and what you do. Can you unpack that a bit more for our listeners and our viewers?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I joined the Marine Corps in 2008. I spent 13 years of active duty. I jumped into the reserves when I left and I'm, I'm probably going to kind of wash out of that here soon because, uh, well, I achieved financial freedom and having to go back to play Marine is, uh, I love a lot about the Marine Corps, but, uh, sometimes not the most convenient thing when you're running businesses. So, um, so in 2015, I read rich dad, poor dad, got into real estate. And then by the time I exited the military in 2021, I had over a hundred doors, uh, achieved financial freedom, built a platform, helping service members and vets learn about real estate. And here we are.
0: Okay. I love that. I love that. And you know what? There's a lot of people that owe this real estate approach, mindset, ideology to uh, Robert Kiyosaki with his book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And when the first time you read that in 2015, how was that aha moment for you? And how did you actually transition towards, I got some information from the book, because it's a great book, gives you information, but doesn't give you the step-by-step process. Did you try it by yourself? Did you start buying some uh, fa- family units by yourself? Did you go into apartment syndication? How did that process go from, I read the book to now I have over a hundred doors?
1: Yeah, I, well, I read the book and I read a couple other books and that, well, or listened to them on audiobook because I don't. I wasn't a huge reader at the time. So I just, you know, as I'm commuting, I would listen to books and I'd say probably three or four months after reading that book, I'd read a several other books and kind of decided that I was going to try house hacking, which is like buy a duplex, live in one half, rent the other half, or, you know, with a fourplex, triplex, big house and rent bedrooms, all kinds of ways to do it. And so it was just kind of like the perfect storm. The lease on my apartment was coming due. And so I was like, well, I either have to renew or buy a place and I'm going to look at buying. And then uh, I didn't have much, if any, money. I'm pretty sure I had a negative net worth at the time, but my Harley got totaled, and the money that I got out of that was enough for a down payment with an FHA loan. Uh, Should have used the VA loan, but the lender didn't know what he was talking about, told me you can only use it one time, which is wrong. And uh, part of why I have the platform now to help people realize those things are wrong. And so I bought that one. I went from paying like five fifty a month to live in a two one apartment, and then all of a sudden my mortgage was like six fifteen to own a two bed one bath apartment or two bed one bath duplex, but the other side was rented for four seventy five. So, you know, it was like okay, well now I'm living for two hundred bucks out of the pocket plus utilities. So, uh, you know, it, it probably like a three or four hundred dollar a month savings, nothing crazy. But as soon as I moved out and rented the other side, it was paying me two hundred a month to own it, and then. Now it's probably closer to three, three fifty, but uh, just, you know, that was kind of the light switch once that happened and I was starting to get some money off it. I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. I'm going to do more of this.
0: And that's how you started essentially you just went rolled from one property to another. I'm guessing you refinance one and then just got bigger and bigger. And now what is your expertise? Like you were talking about plexes. Did you only stay in the plexes? Did you do any lease options to get your capital up? Are you in the apartment syndication world? Do you hold all your properties? Like how did you get to, like
1: you're mentioning from military to millionaire. Yes. All Uh, of you. (laughs) I have done. Yeah. I mean, I've done a couple lease options. I've done a lot of seller financing and creative financing. I've done a conventional loan. I've done another owner occupied loan. I've even rented a house that they allowed me to sublet bedrooms on Airbnb to sub to subsidize my rental expenses while I was living there in San Diego uh, I'm a general partner on two different syndications. I didn't count those in my doors just cause it sounds really cool to be like, I got 900 doors or a thousand doors or whatever. But you know, if 900 of those are uh, my percentage of ownership is less than 1%, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> the ones that I mentioned are the ones that I have controlling interest in. Um, and then, uh, what else? I mean, we own a 40 unit hotel, uh, Two apartments. I just sold a third one. So I sold a ten unit. I had a twenty-three. and a, I still have a twenty-three and a fifteen, and then everything else is singles. One, one, two, three, and four units. Um, we do some wholesaling, but not really because we like wholesaling so much. Is just because we we're trying to buy a whole bunch of deals off market for ourselves at a discount, and the only way to keep that machine running is to wholesale some of them to fund the marketing funnel. So we'll try to wholesale two, and then. You know, flip or hold, one or two or three. Uh, so, like right, like what we mentioned before we started recording. Uh, right now, we have four renovations under progress. Two we plan on renovating and hold or refinancing and holding. Two we plan on flipping, and then we've got three under contract. Two of which we're going to assign to wholesale. One of which we're going to flip ourselves and that or or hold. And then uh, a fourth one is is our you know I'm trying to buy an office building downtown with some lofts to. Uh, kind of house act the office right, so we'll live in the office and then rent office space and then Airbnb lofts to hopefully cover the cost of everything else. That is so great. Pretty much anything I can hold, I I will find a way to hold it. up will way. Anyway.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And what sector do you play in? Like all these properties, these deals that are coming through—is it one specific sector? Is it a couple of states? Do you play where you live, or oh, what's that look like?
1: Yeah, I started in a little town in Southwest Missouri, and it's kind of the the Branson Springfield area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't done anything in Joplin yet, but some of those, a lot of those small towns around that area. And then I kind of just kept buying in that area for for no other reason than I already had a property manager and an agent, so and I kind of knew the area. It was like the first place that I had really lived in a town outside of high school. So I got out of high school and I went to the Marine Corps, and I ended up in Japan and a whole bunch of other countries. And then I went to San Diego, but I lived on, on base in like the barracks that was like 10 miles from the gate. So I didn't get a ton of time out in town. I, I didn't like get super familiar with the market. And so Springfield was like the first town that I had like physically lived in and driven around a ton while learning about real estate. So I kind of knew the area and then I had a bit of a team. So I was like, yeah, we'll keep it up here. And I mean, it's not, the best market in the world there's high crime and and whatever but it's not a terrible market so um you know I just kind of kept buying there and then when it was time to get out of the military I was like well I might as well move back there for at least a little while and low cost of living and so the two syndications are uh in different locations but other than that everything's in southwest Missouri for that
0: that's great that's great to, to really take apart the fact that it's somewhere that you have your your boots on the ground or you've had that experience or you're comfortable with it. You've built a team there, like you said, a real estate uh, agent, as well as a uh, uh, property manager. So I definitely understand that once you build that team to kind of play where you're at and then gradually grow out of it. Now tell me, like when you went into the Marine and then you were growing through there, did you ever think at a certain point that you wanted to make that into your full-time career? And if so, why did you decide to go into real estate? Was it just the money? Was it really the book that kind of put you towards that? Why wasn't staying in Marine an option for you? Is that like, do you stand out within the Marines or what you're doing? Like, how's that ideology uh, come about? Because I'm sure in a certain regards that you're probably a uh, diamond in the rough within the, the army world doing this entrepreneurial side. Talk to me a bit about that.
1: Have you ever read the book Wild at Heart?
0: Wild at Heart? No, but I know the movie. Is that the one that they go and uh, gets lost and walks and comes back? Is that – am I completely making it? I,
1: th- I think that is a movie. Uh, different. Okay. So Wild at Heart is a book. Uh, I can't think of the author, author's name right now. I think it's Stephen Covey or his son. Um, anyway, uh, the book is essentially about how men – or humans in general, but men specifically need adventure in their life. And how, if you don't have that, you kind of like shrivel up and die. Well, I'm a, if you're familiar with like the six human needs, I'm a variety guy. So that's, Mm -hmm. that rings pretty true to me that I definitely appreciate some variety. So when I first joined the Marine Corps, it was 2010 or well, 2008 that I joined, but it was, you know, the heat of Iraq, Afghanistan. I went to Afghanistan for seven, eight months. During that time, we were going through uh machine gun leaders course, uh, pre-scout sniper school you know, all kinds of Mount town, like, like uh, urban training and uh, combat training and all kinds of crazy stuff. And then we go to Afghanistan, very adventurous. And then we come back and uh, it was just a very high paced, adventuresome gig. And I loved it. And then I tried out for special forces in like 2011. I had a knee injury, washed out, dropped on request, whatever injury. And I got back to my unit and the Marine Corps was like, Hey, you almost made it through uh, you know, special forces selection and you're really motivated. So how about you go be a recruiter and work a desk job, which is not what I wanted at all. Very boring, very tedious, whatever. And so I kind of got disenchanted at that point. And I was like, man, that was when I started learning about real estate. And then I got stationed in Hawaii, loved it. It was great. But then I started getting promoted. And as I started getting promoted, I found myself much more frequently behind a desk instead of a gun. And so, I mean, the long story short is in 2020, 2021, I read wild at heart. And it kind of just was like the aha of like, man, this is exactly what I've been missing. Like I am not feeling as fulfilled. I'm not traveling. I'm not, the adventure is not there. It's much more of a desk job. It's only going to continue to get that way because of, you know, I'm getting promoted. I'm getting older, like more and more logistics jobs, vice combat jobs. And so all of that stuff was going on. And then I realized I was pretty close to financial freedom. I was like, you know, it might not be a bad idea to just settle down. And then I can, you know f- find myself some of that adventure on my own and i can uh you know travel and i can um, i can probably reach more people right i'm tr- if i'm trying to help service members and vets achieve financial freedom i can do a lot more damage that way outside of the military with my full focus on it than i can in the military work in my last gig i was in a windowless no cell phone high security building where i couldn't even use gmail so <laughs> can't impact a ton of people that way <laughs>
0: Oh, Jesus. Okay. So one thing that you mentioned in like essentially the whole outlier of what you just said, I want to highlight the number one thing to be a high performing individual towards an entrepreneur, towards an athlete, so on and so forth towards an army vet, in this case, a marine vet is massive clarity. So you went within, found out what's going on. The fact that you read that book, you realize, okay, wait a mom, somebody that loves adventure, but I'm not getting it anymore over here. I want to be helping people. And then you're able to kind of Pick those boxes off, and be really looking like, "Hey, this is the way that I'm going to do it." So I love the fact that you have that awareness, you had that clarity, and you work towards that. Now, talk to me about like, what do you do to help these vets that want to find financial freedom? Uh, is it only through the uh, real estate vehicle? Do you do other things? How do you go about reaching them? And then we'll go into how to start off potentially in real estate investing and so on.
1: Yeah, most of what we do is just free content, right? I got a podcast, I got a YouTube channel, I've got blog posts. I've got a, a book that, yeah, you could buy on Amazon, but you could also just download the PDF for free on the website. And, you know, most of it's just kind of articulating what I'm learning or or sharing stories about things that have happened over the last year or two or three in my journey. Um, I mean, that's probably the, the brunt of it. We do have like a mastermind group for some service members and vets that are, you know, a little bit more serious or or want to, be in a tight knit community, but I'd say 90% of what we do is just free content, just answer questions and just help people out with, uh, you know, again, like everything I'm learning and, and, but it's not just real estate. I mean, I talk about index funds and the thrift savings plan, our 401k and, uh, you know, insurance and I mean, what whatever makes sense. Uh, you know, even if it's just steering people away from things that don't make sense, Like, right? Don't buy a car this way buy car that way you know so whatever uh just basic stuff nothing's complicated right i mean financial independence is uh as simple as earning more than you are saving more than you spend earning more than you spend saving the difference reinvesting the difference and ta-da that's it (laughs) it's not that it's not that complicated it just seems that way because there's a lot of shiny things out there that we want to buy
0: yeah you know what as human beings we're tempted to make things complicated to mitigate the fact that it might be a bit more grunt work, but you're absolutely right. It is as simple as that. It's income, how much you're making, save more, and don't spend as much as you're making. And then you're, you're on your way and reinvesting and being smart using certain vehicles, like you said, from RSSKs to real estate to Bitcoins, whatever the case is, bonds, funds, stock market, like as long as you're investing in a smart way, you will get there just over time and over compounding. Now, Brother, like, David, I definitely see that you're definitely a successful individual from coming from the Marine Corps, from doing the real estate stuff, becoming a financially free, and having, I'm guessing, I'm guessing you have some people under your team as well, right? How how many employees do you have within your organization?
1: Yeah, so in the military millionaire side, I just have one or two virtual assistants, and then I have an executive assistant. And in the wholesaling and flipping company, I've got a COO, a lead manager, and well, I guess we just fired one. So two virtual assistants that are cold callers. So I mean, if you figure, I guess, two W2, two, three, three if you include some of the contractors and then uh, three three virtual assistants.
0: Yeah. Five to 10. So all that being said, you're highly successful and there's a lot of great things that you're doing within uh, the success and what you're teaching to others. Now, this is one of the questions I truly love because there's Definitely some great things to learn from people's success, but I only I don't only really believe that there is something to learn with people's success, but there is as well with people's difficulties or failures. So my question to you is, what are you currently? dealing with within your business or personal life that is a bit more challenging, that might be hitting you up right now? And if so, what is that first thing that is challenging and how will you go about looking at it to improve that? So what's your thought process behind it? Because like I said, there's a lot to learn with people's challenge and how to go about solving that challenge.
1: My two biggest challenges are both completely self-inflicted and the way that I'm fixing them is just trying to set boundaries, right? Or, or learn more about myself. So the first is uh, time. And in my case, a lot of that boils down to saying yes, too often. And, uh, you know, overwhelming myself with projects or or calls or whatever. And number two is, you know, I don't really know that I want to call it imposter syndrome anymore, because I think I'm finally starting to recognize that kind of move away. But I still have a Uh, like a desire or a or a I guess yeah desire to I'm a people person right like if you're familiar with the disc profile I'm a super high I like 99 I and so I have a um, I have issues with when I am in the process of something you know and somebody disapproves of it that I like somebody that whose opinion I respect it's very hard for me so when so I, I still struggle with the mental aspect of acknowledging that not everybody, even close friends are always going to agree with all of your decisions and that's okay. And so I, um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a weird, it's kind of like if imposter syndrome crossed just being insecure sometimes and like needing to, (laughs) hear that you're on the right track and not going crazy, but more importantly is the time and, and overwhelming myself thing. That's the more recurring. So I've set some boundaries, like no, no scheduled calls after 5 PM, no scheduled calls on weekends. Sometimes those get broken, but for the most part, we're, we're starting to rein that in. And then I'm working on handing my calendar completely over to my assistant so that she can schedule and, you know, leave gaps and whatever. And I don't have to worry about telling people, no, she can do it.
0: I love that. So, first of all, thank you for your transparency. Like I said, because that's highly valuable. Like I said, we could talk about your success and we have and we will continually, but there's a lot to learn within that. And it's your position being like, hey, I have to be aware of, especially in the beginning when you're a new entrepreneur, you say yes a lot, but at a certain point, there's that threshold and you have to be very aware to say no. And when people have a hard time realizing this, something that I coach on my top end CEOs, when you're saying no, in fact, you're actually saying yes to the thing that's most important within your business or your life and so on. So if you disassociate that no as being negative, but it's actually positive because you're saying no to this, it's probably because you're saying yes to your family, probably because you're saying yes to that bigger deal, probably because the X, Y, and Z. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to help or whatever. Maybe somebody wants a bit of your time They're like, hey, I, don't, I can't have that meeting, but did you go check out this video that I did on YouTube, so on and so forth. So you're still giving them the knowledge. I love the way that you go about it. you broke that down. I love the fact that you're potentially going to give it to your VA. And they're going to structure that. Now, in the imposter syndrome, which is very interesting because a lot of entrepreneurs have that and not a lot of them talk about it. So I want to congratulate you to be honest enough to be like, hey, listen, bro, we're like legit talking to somebody that, you know, from military to millionaires, multimillionaire financial freedom. And he's still saying he might have a, uh, this imposter syndrome. What do you do to work on that? Do you have a coach with that? Is it mindset? Is it the books? Is it the audios you listen to? How do you reframe that? And do you ever think that that imposter syndrome is going to go away for you?
1: Yeah, I just read this book called Overcoming the Imposter. And that was pretty helpful uh, just because it's not like an overly complex book. In fact, it's probably a little simpler of a book than I wanted and a little bit less of an answer than I wanted. But it basically just says, hey, everybody has it. And here's how it shows up. And I was like, oh, yeah. And it just normalized it so much. Um, which is which is kind of funny because I the whole time I was reading it, I was like, man, this is not what I was hoping for. And then I get to the end and I'm like, you know, actually, uh, that helped a ton because it just went to show like this is I'm making this a bigger deal than it is. Um, and I don't know that it's ever gonna go away. I mean, one of the points he made is that it shows up when you push yourself right so when you're reaching for that next level that's when it rears its head so you might think you've got it and then all of a sudden you go to reach the next plateau and it pops right back up hey idiot who's gonna listen to you or what makes you think you're good enough to do this or you know whatever that voice is in the back of your head and you know i mean i think the the best way that i've started to combat it is just talking it out with friends like hey Nice. You know, what do you think about this? And most of the time they're like, yeah, go for it. I'm like, okay, well, there we go. Um, Which is still not the best answer. Cause it means you're essentially asking people permission to succeed, but at least it's, you know, I mean, at least it gets you past it. Cause I mean, I took, I mentioned that mastermind earlier for six months, I sat around with the idea not doing anything. Cause I didn't think anyone would join. And then a friend of mine was like, Hey, you ever thought about doing this? I was like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> and uh, as soon as we did it i mean we got 160 members in it now you know so it's it's gone great but i put it off for six months thinking eh nobody's gonna want to eh, this is dumb <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody's gonna want to do this and uh i was wrong and you just kind of have to acknowledge that that's always going to show up
0: you know there's this old thing that says if, you, if the enemy within does you no harm, the enemy outside will do you no harm. Sorry, so, so yeah, the enemy outside won't do you no harm if you don't have an enemy within. And that's exactly what you're kind of alluding to, the aspect of it's all the mindset. And I don't believe that it's a bad way to talk to, through with your friends or whatever the case is, because I don't think you're asking them, uh, to giving them, for them to give you permission for your success. I think you're just getting a different perspective because you're the main actor of your life. You're on stage, right? And you're acting it out. And when you're on stage, you're acting and there's just co-actors and so on, it's tough to be in the stands as a director and seeing the whole play. So when you ask a friend that has a different perspective, or even better, a coach, a mentor, or so on, they have pinpointed ways to be like, hey, have you thought of this? And it's often that when they tell you that, just like you have that express that, that experience with that book, you're like, oh my God. How did I miss this? So I'm glad that you highlighted that because that really is what happens. And from my end, like I have eight coaches and mentors that helps me out with that with different aspects of my life every single day. And it always shocked me to be like, oh, wow, how did I miss this? Even though I'm a coach to like so many top end CEOs all the time and I do the same thing. It's just different positioning. So mm-hmm. I have two last questions before letting you go. I want to be respectful for your time here. My next question is, this is called the Peak Performance Greatness Show, and I truly believe everybody has high levels of performance. So my question is, what are the rituals and habits that you do on a daily basis that make you be a high-performing individual so you could find those real estate deals, so you could be time efficient, and so on and so forth? This is number one. Uh, I dream journal- journaling?
1: Every morning, every single morning, write down my my three big goals, my most important tasks for the week and my most important task for the day to reach it. And then I just write down three, you know, three things that I have to do to win the day. And as long mm-hmm. as I get those three things done, it doesn't matter what the rest of the day shapes out to. So today it was a, uh, um, I don't even remember. I've got them all done except for one that's next. And that's uh so the next one is a medical appointment that I had to do. Oh, the other was a draft for a, uh, a course for a company that I'm helping them produce. And the first one was, I don't know. It was the first thing I did this morning. I forget what it was. Clearly, it was very important. Um, but uh, you know, and so as long as you get those three little things done, then all right, cool. The day is the day is great, right? If I missed out on a chance to check my email, who cares? But the problem is, if you don't schedule those things and and tackle them first thing, then You'll spend the whole morning checking email and you'll never get anything important done. And so I would say just having a morning routine, uh, making sure that every day I'm, you know, right now, what I'm doing, what I got to do. And then at the end of the day, checking out what I did, you know, checking in, how was it, how to go. Okay, cool. What's next. What's tomorrow. What do I need to plan for? Um, I get too busy. I'll, I'll forget everything if it's not written down.
0: <laughs> I love it. Journaling. One of the top tools, uh putting down your top three goals once again it makes perfect sense you don't need to have a laundry list of to-do lists just the top three things and then if you finish it you know like in two or three hours then your day's done whatever you do extra is extra and like you said you have those three targeted things to follow through i love that you do that i love the fact that you do it early in the morning as well and just kind of move on from it so dave i mean thank you very much for all this insight uh, congratulations with all of your success before letting you go Uh, For our listeners that are interested to connect with you, to learn more about your groups, uh, if they're maybe uh, in the military and they are like, hey, uh, can I learn the step-by-step process to be financially free through uh, uh, real estate as well? Where's the best place to contact you and to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, if you want to reach me directly, uh, Instagram at From Military to Millionaire. Uh, Other than that, I mean, we got a Facebook group and I mean, really, if you type in military millionaire or from military to millionaire pretty much anywhere on any social platform you'll 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 run across me uh, instagram is the one that i usually respond to directly but you know you'll be able to reach out anywhere whatever your favorite medium is
0: Love it. So all the things that you mentioned will be in the show notes below. So obviously from uh, military to millionaire, Dave, thank you very much. Congratulations with all your success and congratulations to the help that you're doing to everybody in regards to teaching them how to be financially free from military people to others as well. So I hope you have a blessed day, brother.
1: You too, brother. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: My pleasure. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program and don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didia. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.